0: Better late than never recap of the BYU and Baylor win last week with my good BYU buddies, Dave Madsen and Jordan Smith. So it's it's like a quasi recap and preview of tomorrow's matchup on the 17th of September against the number 25 Oregon Ducks. I'm taking off today to Eugene. Looking forward to that. I'll be sure to have a bunch of content for you over on KSLsports.com alongside my Cougar Sports Saturday co-host Mitch Harper. We'll both be there, and Eugene will have you covered. But this is a good fun conversation with a couple of BYU fans who have different opinions than me. So that's why I I love having these conversations with them. It's just different perspective, different points of view. Love the love that convo and Uh, Let's get to it right now. So um, BYU-Baylor, BYU-Oregon, recap, preview, coming your way right now. Hello, everybody, and the three amigos, whatever the heck we're called. We are back together (laughs) for another byu podcast here on my podcast feed because neither of you guys have a podcast feed so (laughs) uh, glad to have you both and here's what I'm really interested in Steve and I were there at the Baylor game Jordan was not so I think we got perspective from the TV perspective from the in-person perspective and then maybe we'll get a get to a little Oregon stuff at the end, oh man, I don't even know where to begin. Does Does someone want to fire a question away? I don't know where to start. I'm just
1: Jordan, jealous. Jordan, I'm just jealous. You guys didn't get to listen to RG three religious comments throughout the entire broadcast. <laughs> Are,
0: Are you? Ser- bat- is that serious or sarcastic? No,
1: when- sarcastic. He was. I think when Batty made that big hit, he's like, "Oh, he was just baptized." <laughs> <laughs> this is I inappropriate, man. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> I don't like that
0: broadcasting duo at all, personally. I didn't like them last year, and I didn't like them this year. So, and here's a little behind the scenes for you. (laughs) Oh man, that take this with a grain of salt. I mean, but when I walked into the press box, Mark Jones was there. He was like spread out on like this chair. He had sunglasses on. I'm just like, come on, really. so
2: sounds like a confident man right there you know he's definitely know a confident
0: that. man i just their <laughs> their broadcasting style is not for me and I, I, it works for some people it's just not my style
2: that's fair
1: oh so man,
0: I, i'm glad i didn't miss it i was uh i wouldn't have enjoyed <laughs> the tv
1: yeah me and my daughter suffered through it but it was a great game <laughs> it was a great game to watch that's for sure here's Here's my question. I was not there
2: last year for the Utah or the Arizona State games, but was that atmosphere, you know, every bit as good as, as those games? Because I thought that was one of the most tremendous atmospheres I've ever been in at Lavelle Everett Stadium. I mean, I've been going to games for a long time. And uh, just the overall game day experience has improved so much. It over has. The years. But uh, that was just an absolutely unbelievable atmosphere. Like, that was incredible.
0: (laughs) Jordan, were you at the Utah game?
1: No, but I was at ASU.
0: So ASU, 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 well, I have a heart. You you two probably have to debate because where I sit for the games is behind glass, so I don't get to fully absorb it. Uh, I would say ASU by a slight hair, just because I felt like it was more consistently loud. Hmm. I felt like it was pretty dead, Dave. Correct me if I'm wrong, because you were in the stands. Felt like it was kind of dead until halftime, and then yeah. and then and then it really picked up the second half, where I felt like the ASU game was a little more throughout. But I think at their peak, which would have been when ASU just had fall start after fall start after fall start, and then what yeah. OT, they they were probably comparable.
2: Gotcha. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I was impressed, too, just with the crowd. Um, kind of the knowledge of the game, right? Like, they would get super loud, obviously, when is on defense trying to disrupt Baylor and then quiet down when we were on offense. Maybe just a little thing, but I just appreciating that. Or, or like, the little things, too, when you've had, um, you know, Baylor be calling an audible, right? Like, Shapin's out there and he's trying to call an audible, you know, talking to his line and like the crowd would notice and just get super like ramped up at that point, just trying to get after him. Um, I was pretty impressed with that. Like that, that was, that was pretty legit, but you are right. I mean, let's be honest like that after that first drive, I mean that first quarter going to the second quarter, brutal, it was, it it was brutal, but I mean, it was, it was cool to watch in its own way. I mean, that was like watching just a, a heavyweight prize fight, right. Where like both teams are just slugging it out. Like, throwing punches except that like, you know, no one's scoring. It's just like three and out after three and out defenses are just ruling the day. Every yard is just hard to come by, you know, both I feel like for BYU and Baylor. And uh, it it was unbelievable. I mean, comparing it to last year when, you know, Baylor just ran it down our throats um, man, night and day difference. I was so impressed by, by our defense um, I know that you know Baylor started to get a little success running the ball, but um, it seemed like Grimes was just determined. I don't know if it was that he lost faith in Shapen or he just felt like at some point the D line was going to cave. But he was determined to run the ball in that second half, and we just didn't let up. I mean, it was impressive from start to finish.
0: Grimes was determined to lose the game because I feel <laughs> like I felt like that was some bad play calling, bad strategy in the second half. What do you think, Jordan?
1: Well, yeah, I think, I mean, we all know the importance of establishing the run. And they were having success, but that quarterback had no confidence and no rhythm. So when he had yeah. to make a play, they'd barely thrown the ball the entire second half. He has no rhythm and no very little confidence. So, I mean, that, I mean, that won the game for BYU, essentially. is just, as it came down to it, we had trust and faith in our quarterback, and they didn't. So, I think mean, that was huge part of the win
0: huge part of the win just the quarterback thing too i just felt like jaron hall was a much better quarterback even though blake shapen you know he played very well last year and had good numbers in the opener jaron hall is just uh i don't know he's just a better quarterback right now and, and honestly we don't need to get into this too much now but i think that will be something that helps them on the road against oregon too i just Jaron Hall seems to be the model of consistency, and I thought where that really came to play was in overtime, especially after the second Oldroyd miss, because I felt like there was no way you could kick a field goal a third time. I don't know if you felt that way, Dave, but Jake Oldroyd's body language was so bad, I felt like you cannot even attempt a field goal. It's four down down territory here, (laughs) and Hall just comes out. They run that play where hill it's like a delayed seam route down the sideline and Hall delivers a beautiful ball and i don't know you just felt like okay like we're gonna score a touchdown here and then it, it comes down to the defense but having a confident quarterback is it's everything in college football
2: yeah and i mean to your point his composure he is just unbelievable i mean you know i've rewatched some of the game and uh and just even live i know our run blocking was obviously a, a struggle and their front seven was really good. Their defensive line was was really, really good. But, man, the pass protection I felt like that Jaron had um, was really good. And he just – he almost looked too calm at times, like just standing back in the pocket. He's just like – it almost looks like he's just chilling, just waiting for, you know, waiting for his guy to get open and going through his reads. Um, he's just got ice water in his veins. I mean, he, he may be the most calm and collected and composed quarterback I've seen that I can remember at BYU. And, and just – in the tough moments too. Like when we needed a play, he delivered it. I mean, the the one that comes to mind, the play that I thought won us the game was, you know, second and 20 after the hold, 30 seconds left in the game, and just throws a beautiful dart to Roberts uh, for like 35 yards. Uh, NFL caliber throws, unbelievable. Gets us in in field goal range. I mean – I don't know. He, he just, he was incredible. I, I'm with you. I mean, you know, the numbers may not pop off, you know, the, the, the accuracy
0: thing though, that's not on him. Like there no. was four or five calls where they just said, please throw it into the stands. I'm like, For sure. if you, if you take those off the board, he's like 23 of 34. That's, that's yeah. pretty solid.
2: Yeah. That's actually, that's what Kalani I think said this week and A-Rod and, and there were probably a couple more that he just made the decision to throw it away. Cause he, that, that was the type of game where, you know, both teams play good, clean football from a turnover standpoint. You know, any turnover would have been backbreaking at that point. And Jaron is just – he's always been really good at taking care of the football. And it felt like he just took it to another level this game. I mean, you know, he, he's reading the defenses so well. If it wasn't open, you know, he would just throw it away, live to fight another day. Our defense is playing so well that – I don't know. He, he just – he was phenomenal. And uh, we're lucky to have him he's really good maybe not Zach Wilson good but he's really
0: good <laughs> oh my gosh all right Jordan get in here man you with me well, Sharon Hall for uh put him in the Hall of Fame
1: <laughs> yeah probably the BYU Hall of Fame after beating Utah last year yes definitely no, so I play really...
0: no you I cut you off Jordan please
1: no, I... you guys have... you guys said that well he you... played a phenomenal game a clean game. Um, that's what we needed in a tight defensive battle like that. Each of the quarterback who's calm and collected and make the right read and, and deliver the ball. So, so,
0: tell me what you guys think of this take that I had in my uh, KSL uh, post game podcast that that win from Jaron Hall for me put him ahead of Zach Wilson in, in the BYU hierarchy. <laughs> I mean, he was already Jordan. there before, but this was finally like uh, this was this was finally like uh, you know some factual evidence to slot him ahead.
2: Jordan, I've been talking a lot, and, and uh, I feel like uh, so. <laughs>
1: and then I mean, the problem is is we're combating Matt's bias, but <laughs>
0: there is some Trash,
1: bias, Matt Trask. Zach for the, his, all of his years here. Hey, we didn't do the, the pod during or... 2020,
0: but I was very complimentary <laughs> in 2020.
1: No, I I think the wins over Utah, ASU, and this one, it's unfortunate that Zach's last year when he
0: was playing. Absolutely. Line, yes, he, I agree. His
1: competition was weaker. That's not his fault. I think he no. won some big games that year, but I think these three wins kind of solidified that. Uh, I, I agree in that. as. Much of it pains me to say because I also (laughs) enjoy Zach Wilson. I think he was a great BYU quarterback. I I think that Hall has kind of slid ahead of him. Yeah, I I actually – I think I would
2: tend to agree too. Um, I I actually – I really like Jaron. And and just seeing him in person in this game, I mean, something I feel like that – I saw a lot of things from Jaron, I felt like, in this game. Some were, like we talked about, these NFL caliber throws. They were like Zach Wilson type throws. Yep. Um, but I feel like he, Jaron, um, like we've talked about, just does a much better job of uh, just taking care of the football again. Like he doesn't he doesn't force things like I think Zach would sometimes have a tendency to do. Yep. And uh, and and like Kalani talked about in offseason, like we talked about previously in the podcast, his IQ. It seems like it has gone through the roof. When I was hearing him, he had a, an interview, Jaron did, with Jim Rome today. I don't know if you guys heard it, but uh, really good. I mean, the guy is just a stud, Jaron is. and uh, But, you know, Jim Rome was asking him about kind of Baylor and Baylor's defense, and, and Jaron was just giving him this breakdown of, you know, kind of what had changed at the end of the first half and kind of how they were exploiting, you know, what, what Baylor was doing and, and just breaking it down. I mean, it was, you know, over my head, but he just, you could just tell, I mean, his his awareness of what the other team is doing. Um, he doesn't force things. He, he takes what the defense, you know, was given him. And I think that was so apparent in the, in that game. And that's really what won us the game. So I would agree. I mean, plus his resume, I mean, just like we talked about the teams that he's beaten, um, it's pretty remarkable for I honestly for almost any BYu quarterback I mean he, he's gone through a, a pretty difficult gauntlet and he's uh, undefeated
0: against ranked teams as a starting that's, quarterback
2: that's pretty incredible that's a pretty incredible stat
0: three <laughs> and0 and he's seven and one against power five teams so it's it's uh I mean he's doing some pretty incredible stuff from a you know just those are these are wins that will be remembered forever in BYU football. Yeah. The breaking the Utah streak, the Arizona State win, the Baylor win. So, I mean, BYU is in a pretty dang good place. If we're uh, nitpicking, <laughs> when I say we, I mean me. But who's better, this guy or that guy? Both are NFL quarterbacks, but who was better? <laughs> you know, so it's just, I just, it's just really impressive to uh, you know follow in the footsteps and. To win, a, to win a lot of those games like this year's team's really experienced, but last year's team was less experienced and, yeah. you know, he's gotten better. So it's been, yeah. it's been fun to watch. And that's why I'm so high on this team, guys. I'm just, when you have a good right. quarterback, you have a good coaching staff and you have experienced playmakers around him. That is the recipe for success when you're not just loaded with five stars. If you're Georgia or Alabama, The recipe is different just to get as much talent as you can. And that should take you to the promised land. But for everyone else, you (laughs) need good quarterback play. You need coaching continuity and you need experience at the other positions. And that's, you know, but it it, it starts with the quarterback play. Like the quarterback is the most important position on the field. And, you know, BYU has one of the best in college football. So when, when that's your recipe, that's why I feel like they could go 11 and one
2: yeah and and one more thought on on Jaren too. Um,
0: the oldroid thing. Yes.
2: I mean, what a stud. just the leadership that that guy has. And I mean that was unbelievable. <laughs> like that I, every time I watch that, it's pathetic, I know, but like every time I watch that, it just kind of gives me chills, brings a little, little very manly tear to the by. eye. Yeah, yeah, you know, very manly, full of testosterone type tear. But uh, yeah, it, it just—it was just—that uh, was just awesome to see. I mean, you know, for a guy in college, and you know, it's in part what makes BYU different too, with with the experience and the missions and things like that. But you know, this guy—we just had you know the first win over a top ten team at Lavelle Stadium in 30 years, right? And yep, and a uh, guy could be out there celebrating with the team, with the fans, and instead he's kneeling down there right next to the guy who. Is feeling like the biggest, you know, bum in the stadium for missing these two field goals, and he's right there to just prop him up and hug him, tell him that you know that, that he loves him, that Jake's awesome, you know, and and uh, I don't know. That just was I, that just speaks volumes about him, but also about the the culture that Kalani has built uh, for this team.
0: I, I think it's noteworthy too, and then we'll turn the time over to Jordan to talk whatever he wants to talk about, but. <laughs> thought it was noteworthy, too. It's, like, one thing to hug him, but there's been some clips that BYU's put out where they were, like, kneeling with each other before the final play even began. So it was clearly something he sought out, win or lose. Like, it wasn't just, oh, we won, let me go get, you know. I just, yeah, everything you said is spot on. And and this team, man, this team respects Jaron Hall. Like, it's one thing to be friendly because – you, you see that all the time, especially me when, you know, when I'm around them more than you guys, just from, from the radio perspective and the extra access that I get, people are cool. People are buddies, they're young guys, they're friends, but like, there's a true respect. Like everybody respects him because he puts in the work, you know, it's like, uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, I don't get the impression that there's clicks or favorites on the offense it's not like oh it's, it honestly felt like felt that way with Zach a little bit like yeah. Zach and his guys and there was like not Matt Bushman and his guys but there was Zach and like the younger group and then there was like the older group hmm. and this is just like everybody loves and respects this dude like and I think it's I think that's uh that embodies the team a little bit too so anyways Jordan what do you got for us <clears throat>
1: No, I just I love that. Eat every pod is a twenty-five-minute tribute to Jaron Hall, and we get about ten <laughs> minutes of breakdown. So I loved every minute of that. I appreciate you guys. You said it all, and uh...
0: <laughs> hey, let's let's do this. What was your biggest gripe from the win, Jordan? What brings you concern? Well, I see. mean, it can it can still be a positive, but. There's things to work on. There's things that have to be cleaned up if they want to have a special year. It's not like they just went out there and blasted a top 10 team.
1: Right. The play calling was a little concerning. I think we, in our ex group, there were a couple of moments where it just felt like we were being ultra conservative. And a lot of that was due to the uh, the field, what's it called? Where we are, we're out in the field at the beginning of the boys back at the 10 to 15 yard line. It was almost like Roderick is okay. If we're at this, if we start a series behind the 15, then these are the plays we're going to run. It seemed like very robotic and extremely conservative. Uh, Things definitely opened up in the second half, which was good. But I think that's the only thing is just, I think we could have opened that game up earlier, but it was just, we were calling the most conservative plays as possible uh, during that first half, and we were backed up.
0: Dave? Yeah. yeah,
2: I think, um, I don't know, I was listening to A-Rod, you know, during coordinator's corner, and I guess it's not really a gripe. It's just, um, it kind of goes along the lines of Jordan. It's basically like our run run blocking, right? And just, just not able to open up holes. Um, again, it's no shame considering the opponent that we're playing. That D-line, I don't know if we're going to play a D-line like that again this year. I know Notre Dame's got a pretty good D-line. Arkansas, you know, is probably going to be up there, but that, like, that was a good Arkansas. Try.
0: I'm not worried about actually. Really, they have um, a mur- they have a murderer's row before they come to BYU, and that's that a cross country cross country uh, cross country trip that will be at eight fifteen p.m.
2: Wow, I, I, I'm still worried about that one, but uh, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll try to take your confidence there, Matt, but. But no, I think just uh, just our run game um, was a little concerning. I, I agree with Jordan the first half. It did feel like we're conservative. Um, but then I liked how it felt like A-Rod, it, since the run game really wasn't going anywhere, it felt like we started spreading them out a little bit and doing kind of those short passes that, to almost um, mimic a run game, you know, or kind of get us some of the, you know, some some of those little yards, you know, that, that the run game normally would have. And – uh, you know, I feel like in A-Rod, like, you can't just abandon the run when it's not working for you. Like, you still got to keep defenses on us. But I don't know. At that point, it felt like Baylor was handling us with their front, you know, four. They had, like, two deep safeties there, like, that they didn't have to bring up in the run game because felt well, like that front seven was just kind of handling us. So I, I hope our experienced O-line, I, again, their pass protection was amazing. I would have liked to have seen us break off some big runs and have them open up some holes.
0: Yeah, I, I, think I have I have a few things. Um, I wouldn't call them gripes per se, but just maybe concerns. The run game it was a little disappointing. I, I will admit, I just felt like, and I had been gassing up this offensive line as being the, one of the best that had had ever played at BYU. And I, and I know that Baylor's defensive line was good, but they didn't bust. There wasn't even – I can't even remember one 10-yard run from a running back in that game. It just... I don't, it's just – It's
2: because there wasn't one. I don't think we had one. <laughs> I think the longest run a running back was, was like six or seven. Yeah, yeah, I think
0: Hall's the longest run of the game was probably what? Hall on the was, final drive? Yep. That quarterback draw was like 12 yards. So – uh, you just can't be the best offensive line in program history if you can't even bust a six-yard run. So yeah. that was a little disappointing. Now, pass pro, what you touched on, I thought that was very good. Yeah. So no complaints there. It was just in the run game. Uh, along those lines, um, I thought for as well as Hall played, and this is super nitpicky, so this should make Jordan happy that I'm uh, – Saying something <laughs> negative. that his throw to Rex on the two-point conversion was poor. That was that was his worst throw of the game. Luckily he didn't come back to get him, but man, that was severely underthrown.
2: Yeah, that was terrible. And probably a bad read, too. I mean, I think yes, uh, he
0: had the numbers with Cosper on yes, a yes on the screen. I, I think, think A-Rod that mentioned that, right?
2: Yep, Yeah, yeah. He mentioned I don't think he mentioned specifically Cosper, but he did say like that was not necessarily where that play was intended to go. I guess Jaron just felt like they had the advantage, which they did. They had the height advantage, you know, there. But... but you have
0: to throw it up. Yeah, my that, goodness. Exactly
2: <laughs> that. That throw was terrible.
0: <laughs> and then this is probably the biggest concern I have: the kicking game. Guys is officially a concern. I just everyone's saying the right things, uh, and rightfully so. But does that does that make it so Oldroyd gets over it? I just. I feel like Oldroyd has some kind of anxiety or some kind of performance issue where when things aren't going his way he takes it very hard. And it's it just seems harder for him to put it past him. So, I hope that he can, but I am this next kick of his is a really important one because I want it to be short and I want it to be easy because I'm like we got to get this guy some confidence again.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll jump in real quick. I'm sorry, Jordan, again. No, I, am, I, I'm I so love much. your
1: analysis, Dave. That's why, I, <laughs> I,
0: That's why I, he, I, he comes on here to listen to you, not to me. Is that what I'm hearing? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you both are great. I love to hear you both. Just your admiration for Jaron Hall. It's,
0: it's inspiring. I don't understand how you're not on board with us.
1: I am. I... <laughs>
0: Let's get him, Dave. Let's take him sh- down.
1: It's just the shtick, Matt. It's just. The <laughs> shtick, man. It's, it's just funny.
2: <laughs> I don't. I don't mind Matt's love of Jared. You know, Jared's awesome. I just. Uh, I just was. I just feel Matt's hypocritical because he's you know going off about Zach and everything. And Eli, I had a right Jordan to was. go off
0: about Zach. That you you guys were gassing him up, and it was a every week you didn't know what you were going to get. Was it going to be Hawaii? <laughs> was it, it going to be Northern Illinois? We didn't know.
2: But then we got Matt, who's, you know,
1: gassing up a guy who lost in South Florida, you know.
0: Oh, my year, so
2: You know,
1: <laughs> you and I know that wasn't his fault. Zach was 19 at the time, and Jared Hall's in his mid-20s now, too. So I mean, that's...
0: <laughs> yes, that is fair. That is fair.
2: <laughs> but back to, back to Jake, I was just going to say a couple things. First, I think um, kickers in general and kicking in general, that is such a mental um, –
0: game i mean yep. it's,
2: it's such a mental game yeah I, you know you're sitting on the sidelines you're coming out for kickoffs and things like that but you know you, you're called upon in the most pressure-filled situations right yeah like, to come out and make this kick to potentially win the game and uh you know he was fine early you know he kicked two field goals earlier just fine uh pats were just fine he scored eight points in the game but you know obviously we're we're remembering those two misses and so yeah, I mean I, I hope he bounces back. I think that the way that the team responded should help him. And I agree. I mean, I think he needs to see one go through the uprights, you know, in a game to start getting that confidence back. But I'm not super worried about Jake. I guess the only thing that would worry me is we I felt like we kind of saw this uh, a couple years ago where
0: Twenty nineteen.
2: Yeah, twenty nineteen, where he, he lost some confidence at some point in the year and just seemed like was a head case the rest of the season. Like yep. he, he couldn't hit Chip shots, it seemed like. You know, he just couldn't hit anything. And then he followed it up the next year, 2020, where he was perfect from field goals. Yeah. Right. Like 13. Lou Groza, so. runner-up. Yeah. Yep. And so so you are – I mean, you talk about Zach Wilson, I guess, and, you know, what are we going to get. I guess it's a little bit of that with Jake, but he's older. I think he knows the teams behind him, whether he makes it or not, and I think that that's going to help him in his next game. Um, and, and I hope he gets a
1: chance here in Oregon to, to make a kick, and I think he'll make it.
0: Jordan, you worried about the kicking game?
1: I I just think the Oregon game is going to dictate the rest of the year. Uh, in general, with kickers, and this is even including NFL kickers, um, you can lose an entire season after something like that. So if he gets out there and makes his first couple, I think we'll be just fine. But if he misses his first or second one, I the we'll probably start looking for another kicker.
0: Yeah, I, that's, that's what I'm worried about, which is this dude has – he's put in a lot of – sweat equity at BYU, right? Right. But how – fortunately, BYU won the game uh, last week. But, you know, it's just what happens if this happens again and they lose a game. It's just – it's very – I think Jordan is hitting the nail on the head, which is, you know, it doesn't matter who you are. And the job's got to get done. And it is pressure-filled. So, I just – I don't know. It's it's a very difficult situation that I hope doesn't come to pass, that he just makes some kicks, and then it's like, all right, he missed a couple of kicks, no big deal. But if he misses a few more, then you're really like, my goodness. Can yeah. this dude be – can we bring him back from a confidence perspective? So that's a good point, Jordan.
2: Yeah, valid concern. One other point. Or, question. Are you concerned at all about Ryan Rico? I, I was expecting the. Not no a great day punting. No, like, I think, yeah, overall, it felt like just special. Well, special teams kick coverage, I think, was a lot better. But uh, punting wasn't great. I was surprised. I was expecting a couple of 60, 70 yard bombs from Rico. And, uh, you know, he's kind of a pedestrian 46, 47 yard average there.
0: No, I'm not. I the concern between the kicking game and the punting game it's like (laughs) the difference between day and night it's just (laughs) it wasn't a great performance from rico but the pressure there's not as much pressure in that part of the game either i guess
2: yeah yeah uh just yeah maybe my expectations were a little too high i just was expecting a couple more bombs from especially when we were backed up like jordan had mentioned and was hoping he, he could be a weapon to kind of flip that field
0: position
1: a little bit, but didn't happen this game.
0: Jordan, what would you think of Chase Roberts?
1: What a debut, huh? That was an amazing game. I, I remember watching him in the state championship and just tearing it up for right AF. Up. So it was really cool to see him back and making big play after big plays. He's got good size. He's fast, has good hands. That toe tap in the end zone was amazing. Uh, the wide receiver position is looking good in the future.
0: Do you feel like I do, which was there's a a fairly good separation between him and the other guys that he played with on Saturday.
1: Epps looked really good, but yeah, everyone else
0: did look good. I liked Cody Epps.
1: Uh, Other than that. Yeah. He definitely set himself apart from the rest of the wide receiver group.
0: He's wide receiver three to me. And seven, this conversation with Mitch Harper, uh, the other day but if gunner doesn't go against oregon and i would say it's probably likely that he's not going to play um i don't know i'm just I, I, if he keeps emerging is there like a interesting why did you see her dilemma here dave <laughs>
2: <laughs> um i don't Think so. Just again, you talk about sweat equity, just what Gunnar's put into the program. I think the guy deserves to.
0: I do too. Have but... that
2: spot, regardless. <laughs> but uh, I think it. I, I don't think it's. A, I don't think it's a dilemma. I think it's a good problem to have. I mean, there is a lot of talent there. Uh,
0: I only Roberts, say it's. I only say it's a dilemma because Roberts, to me, is clearly an outside receiver, hmm. and uh, that means. If you want to keep that going, he's got to be on the outside. So then, who do you move to the inside? Puka or Gunner? Right? Gotcha.
2: Yeah. Well, didn't Puka play slot uh, for Washington his freshman year? I yeah, he did. That, but so I think I think you may just slide him over to slot
1: and let Gunner and, and Chase be on the outside. And um, I mean, that's pretty dangerous if you have Chase <laughs> and Gunner going deep, and then Puka and Rex Walker <laughs> yeah. in the middle. I, yes, that's nice. Yeah. Is this a problem? No, (laughs) no, it's
0: it's not a problem. I'm just saying, you know, no one. I think nobody, nobody expected Chase Roberts to do this. Like I, I thought Chase Roberts was going to be super talented, and and I thought he'd probably end up being the wide, the third wide receiver at some point this year. But he got targeted 15 times, guys. Like it got to the point in the second half where it was like i'm pretty much thrown into roberts <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah the dude i mean it's no wonder he runs great routes he's got tremendous hands that catch yeah, at the end of the first half and the, the the body control and the toe tap like you're talking about that was incredible from a freshman and then his, his quarterback skills too like throw throws a nice pass there to Jaron. um yeah it's a heck that's of a actually
0: dude. speaking of gripes that was my biggest gripe of the night where the freak was the flag on that play? Oh my Dude,
2: gosh. Seriously, yeah, blocking below the waist, man. You got to call that on us twice, and then just that was like that's a freaking
0: dangerous play, that diving was. at linemen's ankles down the field, <laughs> that that doesn't get a flag. I just I just could not believe that.
2: Yeah, that that was a little. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I I gotta say, man, this is like a this is a fun time to be a Cougar fan, though. I mean, this team. They're incredible. And and it feels like guys are out there, they're not chasing their stats. They're just going out there to do their job. I mean, obviously Roberts had a tremendous game, but you talk about Cody Epps. He delivered on some clutch plays. That third and six conversion to him was just tremendous. I was watching after further review and just they were talking about on that play, you know, he's got a linebacker lined up on him, and the linebacker is really supposed to be trying to, you know, get leverage and push him, push Cody outside but didn't do a good job of that. And Cody, did such a good job of like kind of just swimming off of them and pushing inside to give that angle for Jaron to, to get the, the pass into him. And uh, I don't know, I just, it's just those little things, right. You have guys that are out there running routes or aren't getting the ball thrown to them, but still doing their job that, you know, can pull receiver or, you know, pull DBs off of uh, like Keanu Hill on the touchdown pass. You know, he, he kind of allowed the, the, the way that, that play was set up and the way that Keanu ran it, you know, the DB and safety went with Keanu, which left Roberts open and left that little window in there for Jaron to, to drop the the ball in. And I was impressed with Keanu Hill too, you know, a couple of really nice plays, including in that double overtime to to get us in scoring position. So I don't know, man, we just, we got a wealth of talent. It feels like on this team and uh, let's just keep this thing rolling.
0: (laughs) Jordan, a few more things here. What concerns you in the Oregon game? I'm not
1: concerned about Oregon.
0: Oh, there we go.
1: (laughs) I feel like like we should win by double digits. It should not be a game we sweat. Woo! If Chris Ball was still there and I had confidence in Oregon's offensive defensive line, I would probably have some concern, but I think we're going to bully them. Not to the extent of what Georgia did, but. I mean, we're not as talented as Georgia, but we run a similar scheme. And I think if we, if we win by less than 10, I'll be surprised. Wow. Jordan coming in hot. They had, hey, ten, ten. they had a lot of talented transfers leave, coaching staff left. We should win this game on the road by 10 and plus. I
0: would, I would agree with you if we had a full stable of guys. I still think we win. I, I guess if there anything concerns me, it would be the potential for explosive plays. Because I don't feel like Baylor's explosive. So that will be an interesting test for the secondary. I, I think we're going to find out a lot about the secondary in this game. But I do think BYU should win. I, I think that BYU is a better team right now. We might not be... We might not have as much raw athletic talent, but I think we are a better football team.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, guys. I don't know what's happening to me. I think I'm getting more and more pessimistic as I get older. It's terrible. I oh hate it. no!
0: <laughs> you are Mister Optimism. What, guys, Hope, springs is, Hope
2: springs eternal. Eternal. Fourteen and zero national champs. No, I, 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 still am, guys. I still am. I just uh, you're worried. I am worried. I am worried. I, I, You guys are convincing me. I just – you know, Oregon obviously got embarrassed week one. Obviously felt like they found their mojo week two against, granted, obviously FCS opponent. Um, I think that they've got this game circle. I mean, it's a big one, right? Like this is an opportunity for Oregon to make a statement before conference play um, to kind of bounce back and show that they're not the team that just got shellacked by Georgia. And so I think that they're going to be focused and dialed in. And and I worry – I think my concern is what Bo Nix do we get? I mean, that yep. guy I feel like is so – oh, my gosh. He's so inconsistent. I mean, he can be just absolutely incredible or just terrible. And, um, you know, one thing I think Oregon does have going for and I didn't realize this, but they had like – according to a lot of preseason publications – a lot of them had Oregon's offensive line ranked as the best offensive line in the country coming into the year, even ahead of Baylor's. I think Baylor was like number four. And so Oregon hasn't allowed a sack through two games. Granted, they play a different style, right? I mean, I think they're intending to get the ball out quick, get, you know, spread out the, the defense and get it to their athletes in space. But that kind of concerns me. And I think Knicks is good enough that if, if he doesn't get rattled and if he's kind of locked in, um, he can do some damage. And so – and with you, Matt, like I think it's going to be a test for our DBs. I, I, from an athleticism standpoint, do you think uh, – how different do you think Baylor and Oregon are? Because I, I know
0: – Very different. I
2: mean, do you think so? Because I felt like Baylor had some athletes on the edge, man. Like I thought that they had some speed there too. I, I didn't feel Did like – I didn't see, see
0: any speed from Baylor.
2: That's <laughs> <laughs> just because our DBs are incredible.
0: <laughs> We were, it's, we it's 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 yeah. very hard to. I mean, they, maybe they did, but Grimes just shut him down with his play calling. I mean, he just yeah, he never really gave them a chance. So they yeah. weren't BYU. wasn't tested that way.
2: Well, and honestly, part of it, and, and this, I am being serious. Like, you know, listening to Aranda and his like post game and and his pressure, I think the next week he gave a lot of credit BYU secondary too, because I think a lot of it was and maybe this is why Grimes went to the run, but they just didn't have – guys just weren't open. I mean, it, it was – I mean, you think of the, the final play, you know, and on that fourth down, he had nobody to throw it to. Like, the, the three or four receivers in the end zone were completely blanketed, and then you've got Mangelson, he's just bullying two guys back into the quarterback, so he's got to throw it. But no one was open, and, and it felt like it was that way most of the game. Like, I think our secondary – I think this has the potential to be one of the best secondaries that BYU's had. They're fast, they're physical and, and, you know, their technique is really good. And so, I mean, I'm concerned. Obviously, I know Oregon is a different beast, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I'm concerned, but I do, I'm actually not as concerned about our secondary. I think, I think our secondary can, can hold up against these guys. I'm just, I'm still concerned that, you know, with spreading this out and maybe getting it to a, a running back who's on a linebacker that they can, you know, have an explosive play there. And um, But we'll see what happens. I mean, we definitely have the, the advantage, I think, from a physicality standpoint. And I think that Oregon struggles with that. Um, but if we don't establish the run and get the run game going on offense, I think it's going to be a struggle.
0: Yep. Run game is key. And then I think defensively too. Really good performance against Baylor um, in terms of physicality, A+. plus. Uh, third down defense though, D minus D minus like BYU on the road. They got to find a way to get off the field. So, uh, I think we'll know a lot more about this team. If they win this game, I think we can actually seriously start to have some conversations about special season post game, you know, cotton bowl, or I mean, it's hard to believe because it feels like BYU has been on the. Wrong end of the narrative. So often they're on the right side of the narrative right now. So you could even entertain maybe even the CFP. So, dude, if they
2: schedule to do it, you're right. Yes,
0: if they beat Oregon, they're top ten. Yep. And then they just need a Michigan or an Ohio State to lose two games, or you know, an Alabama, and because look, Utah's already lost. So in eleven and one. Utah does not get in over an undefeated BYU. Yeah. They don't. And nobody in the Big 12 is going undefeated. So, the opportunity is there, but they have to pass this test first. So, it'll be interesting. Any final thoughts, guys? Jordan, do you want to go first?
1: No, I I mean, it's good to respect the opponent. I just – I feel like most – I feel like Oregon falls into the same category. It seems like Texas – it's like this isn't chip Kelly's oregon anymore and they haven't been for several years I don't I don't I just don't fear them like I would have if this was eight years ago
0: a Mario a Mar- a Mariota yeah, Kelly combo. It's not
1: I feel like preseason rec- like rankings and things it's just these teams get propped up but they haven't been that in many years so it is going to be a good test they're I'm not saying they're bums I just feel like this is a special team with a great quarterback and I like the way the defense is playing. Definitely can clean some things up, but I fully expect a win. Let's go Cougs. (laughs) Wait, prediction. What's your prediction, Jordan? Uh, Let's go 38-27. to Nice.
0: I like it. I can't reveal my prediction here. I have to save that for my other show. But I I, I do like BYU, and the score is – very similar to what jordan just said <laughs>
2: <laughs> unbelievable matt come on dave the podcast this is where you share your best content dude
0: this is where i share my dave, unfiltered dave, content people, which is nice
1: <laughs> dave they come to listen to us on this they listen to matt on saturdays and after the games but the po- that is a great, great point man that's a great excellent point, <laughs> excellent point <laughs> great point
2: my right. final thought wait my, my i gotta get my final thought in too all right even with that I, being I, I,
0: said uh <laughs> thanks for no okay
2: <laughs> even though I've, I've been talking the, the vast majority here, i'm sorry I, I was just gonna say baylor i think you know we talked about them being a litmus test right to see how far byu would come um i think oregon like you touched on that and and jordan i know yeah they're, they're not the oregon of yesteryear but this is I don't know if we can get this back to back. This one on the road after an emotional win and, and going to Oregon and Otsen in a place that's it's a tough place to play and and, and beat Oregon. That's going to be huge. So I do think we have a special team this year. Um, I like I like the confidence in the guys. I like their attitudes. So I'll go. I'm still nervous about this game. I'll go thirty-five twenty-eight BYU.
0: I like it. I like it. Here's my final thought. BYU is, I think, last year being an exception, BYU has struggled to put together, you know, multiple consistent performances against big teams. Um I guess they did it a little bit in 2019, but then it wheels kind of fell off the wagon after the USC game a little bit there. But if they can win this, I just, you know, because I think there is a little maybe expectation that, oh, can they repeat the performance. Is there going to be a hangover? Are they look at past Oregon. If they don't and win the game. I think that really bodes well for an 11-win year because this would be the type of game where, hey, we just beat Baylor, overtime, you know, revenge because we got they beat us the year before. There could be a hangover. A lot of teams would f- fall victim to this scenario if they don't. I think that will tell us a lot about the potential of the team. Agreed.
2: Wait, 11-win year, though, I'm confused here, Matt, because if they beat Oregon, like, who are they losing to? You you already said you're not worried about Arkansas. You think that they got Notre Dame handled, like, no worries. I mean, who who do they lose to? So,
0: originally, on Cougar Sports Saturday, when we picked the – we did our season – or, like, we picked the games game by game. Mm Mm-hmm. I had them eleven and one losing to Arkansas, and then after I put that into the world, I looked at Arkansas' schedule and I said, "Why did I do that?" They will have played in the three weeks leading up to BYU, A&M, Alabama, and Mississippi State, and then they have to travel cross. I'm just like these guys are going to be a shell of themselves by the time they get to BYU.
2: What if they win all those games, Matt? What if Arkansas is like the hey, new if Alabama? they win
0: all those games, <laughs> if they win all those games, they will be maybe number one <laughs> <Yeah>. or two, <laughs> and then if BYU is undefeated, they would probably be I don't know. That's a top five, six matchup. or seven, maybe five. Hey, winner of that game might be going to the playoff, man. Like that'd be crazy. We're getting way too ahead of ourselves here. They still have to beat Oregon, but um,
1: let's dream big. Don't I'm my pessimistic. Don't forget side aside. though, Jaron Hall owns the Pac-12. So. It's true.
0: He does. That's that's another great point. He is. Is he five and zero? Oh? He was the quarterback for all the wins, right? Yeah. USC, Wazoo, yeah. ASU, Utah and Arizona he was 5 and 0 he's yeah. never lost to the Pac12 there's another streak for you interesting yeah. let's keep it going i believe in Jaron hall
2: hope springs eternal 14 and 0 national Champs. 14 and 0
0: oh cuz <laughs> of the two look come games,
2: on man Here's- national champs
0: Let's go. I don't even want them to go to the playoff because they'd be the four, they'd play Georgia, and they would get blown off the map. So <laughs> Cotton Bowl is probably a better destination anyways. <laughs>
1: You're not taking your boy Jaron over Stetson
0: Bennett, man? Come on. I man. love Stetson Bennett, man. He's my second <laughs> favorite college quarterback right now. Stetson. Love him. <laughs> Their ridiculous. talent is is. – They're loves more Stetson talented Bennett. than Alabama. <laughs>
1: You they see their tight team. end. They have a they're tight, tight
0: end 280 runs like
1: LeBron. I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> ridiculous. All I bet Thule right. could take
0: him. No, no, no. <laughs> Thule's Tule, nice. He he might be the most improved player on the team so far this year. I mean, he's been great. He's been real good. Yeah. But uh, his 225 or whatever he is and that guy, <laughs> I don't think so. All right, you guys are the best, and uh I'll be in Eugene, so I'm looking forward oh, to it. Man. Dave, you nice. need to get there. You're not that far away. What's a six-hour drive?
2: <laughs> yeah, dude, that was that was not going to happen. Four kids, weekend, you know, I right. got yard work around here.
0: Oh yikes! Yeah,
2: it's no fun. But uh, I'll be thinking about you, man. Good. Hope I'll for, send you guys a I'll send you guys a there. pick
0: from the vaunted, Otson yeah. Stadium.
2: Do it, man. <laughs> and have fun. Let's go kooks. Go
0: kooks. Go kooks. <laughs> All right. You guys have a good night. Good to chat.
2: Yep. Yeah. Likewise. See you guys. Bye. Bye.